Today's shir begins at the Mishnah that you'll find in the middle of Daf Chof. You will count, if you prefer, 15 lines from the top, and there you see it. Before we go into the Gemara text itself, we glance at the side where we have a no say a topic heading which reads Machlokas Tanoim Kemosha Muva Bebrisa Begemara. We will see a Tanaic controversy, and we'll see this in a Tanaic source quoted in the Gemara itself. So we're going to have a Mishnah in which the issue of contradiction in testimony arises, and there will be a later Machlokas Tanoim, or a later Tanaic discussion regarding the earlier Machlokis Beishamai Beishelel, the Mishnah. Mishahoyu Shtei Kite Edim Idososo. Or someone concerning whom two sets of witnesses testify. Elum Edim Shinozar Shtayim. One set of witnesses, and the minimum amount of witnesses necessary for testimony is two. Two people constitute a set of witnesses. So you have one set saying that he accepted two Nazirus periods, he vowed to observe two Nazirus periods, and the other set of witnesses testify that he accepted upon himself five Nazirus periods. Beishamai says there is a uh, situation here of contradiction in testimony, and we dismiss all of the witnesses, and there is no Nazirus. There is no testimony of Nazirus. One set had said two, the other said five. The one who says five, well, uh, within five, you certainly have two. It's just that five is a larger number. So there is agreement that there is at least two Nazirus observances to be uh, to be accepted here. So Basil says that there is contained within five two. So the two sets of witnesses agree that there are two Nazirus periods. Just one set added a little more. So the result of that is there is to be observed on the individual's part two Nazirus periods. We continue now in the Gemara. Our Mishnah in presenting the Machlokis Beishamei Misilo is not like the following presentation of that Machlokis. In our Mishnah, Beishamei and Misilo argued concerning the results of two sets of witnesses offering contradictory testimony. And now we have another Tanakh source, Desanya, Rabbi Shmuel, Ben Oishar, Rabbi Yochum, and Broka Umer. Loi nechleku beis shamayu beisil al shtei kite edim. Achasomer shtayim vachasomer shchomesh. There is no argument between beis sham beisil in a case where we have two sets of witnesses, one set saying two periods of Nazirus, and the other set saying that the, that the individual accepted five periods of Nazirus. Shiesh bichlal chomesh shtayim that within five there is two. So there is agreement that this individual will, will be bound to observe two Nazirus periods. Alma nechliku. When is there a controversy between Beishamei and Beishillel? The controversy being to dismiss the testimony altogether or to accept the lowest common denominator. When does their machlokis arise? Al kas achas. When you have one set of witnesses. There are some total of two people here. Echad Omerstein, one witness says that the individual accepted two Nazirus periods. The Echad Omer Chomesh, and the other witness says, no, that individual accepted five Nazirus periods. Shabbai says, we dismiss these uh, witnesses, we dismiss their testimony. That contain within five five Nazirus periods, there is two. So we don't throw them out. We say that as a result of these two fellows testifying, the uh, defendant will have to observe two Nazirus periods. Omar Rav, 
Hakol Moidim Bemoine. Everyone agrees, Rashi says that Nechlukai Dusan, everyone will agree that we will dismiss the testimony as a contradictory not not uh, reliable now Rav just said that in and of itself we don't know what Mone is Omar Rav Chamo the Rav Chisto Michael Omar what is meant by Mone now literally the word Mone means counting so everyone agrees when you when you have a counting at this point in the Gemara, you'll notice triangles appear, and on the side, under our Nosei Mivne heading, a topic heading with a structural note, the triangles featured as a Ma'akav, an attempt to keep track of a give and take discussion. So, with the point facing up, these are attempts to explain what he said. Then, when the triangle is inverted, it introduces the Chios, rejections of whatever was said. So, oh, Rav Chamo asks Rav Chisa what was meant by Hakol Moidim B'Moina. Ilemo echod omer chomesh v'lo shtayim, v'echod omer shtayim v'lo chomesh. If one witness is saying that the defendant accepted five Nazirus periods and not two, and the other witness says he accepted two and not five, well, that, that can't be what I need Rav to tell me that we throw them out, that we dismiss them it's obvious that they're contradictory in testimony and I don't need Rav to tell me the obvious, so what did Rav mean when he said one witness says one, two and the other witness says three, four, five. Well, if that's what Rav was saying, and and hence, in a case like that, we would dismiss them. The Gemara rejects this, and what we're doing in our presentation is we're presenting the Gemara in accordance with the Teisvus commentary, Dibor Maschol Hochi Garcinon. So the Gemara rejects that. The individual that says that he observed that he accepted uh, three, four, and five, it's obvious to him that the fellow had already accepted one and two had accepted two Nazirus periods and he's coming in and adding that he's he's not high of only two he's high of five so he is in, a, in effect in agreement with the first witness that said one two there simply is no reason for him to restate that and therefore there is no hakosha there is no contradiction in testimony Amri Bimarova Ein hakosha b'moyne. The case we just saw, in fact, is not uh, an example of contradiction in testimony. And we look in the Tosfos commentary. Amri b'marova ein hakosha b'moyne. Devadai kiyomar idochs. It's certain when the other, when the second witness said sholosh varba v'chomesh lo mi eight shelo omar hano derachas ushtaim. He's not coming to exclude the uh, the fact that the defendant had said one and two therefore there is no hakosha and as far as the way we presented the Gemara Rav's original testimony Rav's original statement if you are going to insist on learning that as everyone agrees that we dismiss their testimony so we don't find an example of of, of a case of Monet that everyone would agree that we dismiss their testimony. If anything, if you're going to say that Monet is, as we said, one set, one witness says Achaz Shtaim and the other witness says Shalosh Arba Chomesh, it appears from the end of the Gemara that that would be an example of acceptable testimony to the extent that the defendant will have to observe uh, two Nazirus periods. And as you can see, 
that completes the third parak of Maseches Nozir. Now we begin B'Syate Dishmaya, the fourth parak, parak Misha Omar. On this side of the Gemara, we have a Nosei, a topic heading, followed by a Mifne, a structural note. The Nosei reads, Echod Mekabel Nazirus, V'chaveru Shoimoi, V'gamhu Roitzelios Nozir, Umatbis Berishon. One individual vows to be a Nozir. A bystander hears and says, I too. He says something, and what exactly he says, we'll see when we get into the text. He says something indicating that he too wants to be a Nozir. Under the Mivne heading, we highlight the double underline, which is one of our series markings that you see in the text. We highlight the expression Hareini Nozir, and we've written the Gmoi Shel Kabolus Nazirus, Umatvis Hasheni Achrov. Different cases of someone vowing to be a Nozir, and, the, and a second party will see the Mishnah introduces us to cases where a person, you have a husband and a wife involved, and they attach themselves to that first vow, that first Nazirus. The Mishnah. Mi Shoma Hareini Nozir. Someone said, I vow to be a Nozir. Vilshoma Havero Vyomar Vani. And Rashi points out that even though the Mishnah says Havero, there are actually two people standing there. And one of them says Vani, and the other one says Vani, Kulam Nazirim. They're all Nazirim. So we have an original vower, and as far as the literal example of the Mishnah, you have two bystanders. Total of three people. Hutor Harishon, Hutru Kulan. If the original vower, the Rishon, the first one, has his Nazirus. Hutar. Hutar is absolved. A, uh, an individual approaches a Talmud Chochem, a Torah sage, and the Torah sage, after a discussion with the vower, concludes that the vower wants to rescind the vow. The Torah sage has the power to do exactly that. So if the first vow is undone, so they all are undone. And there's no more Naziris here. Hutar Achron, if the last one is undone, then the last one is allowed to drink wine, he's not a Nazir, because he sought out absolution, but all those that preceded him are forbidden. Now we want to note that the Gemara later on, on will deal with the question of when a subsequent individual attaches himself to a previous vow, is the subsequent individual attaching himself to the original vower's vow or to the one that immediately preceded him? That, as we say, will be a discussion later. Omar Hareni Nozir, Vishoma Havero Vyomar, P. Kafiv Visairi Kisairo. Person accepted a Nazir's vow. A second fellow hearing it reacted with this phrase. And this phrase, we could translate it, but we'll wait for the Gemara to offer a more complete explanation. He simply says, My mouth is like his, and my hair is like his. And that binds him to Nazirus. That binds the second fellow to Nazirus. A third case, Hareini Nazir Vishoma Ishto, Avani. Man, a married man, says, I want to be a Nazir, and his wife standing by says, I too. Mefer es shalot, the husband can absolve her of her Nazir's vow, the shalot kayam, but his, his own Nazir's vow remains intact. Here, the woman initiates. Hareini Nazira, the shoma bayla, the vani. The woman, after initiating Nazir's, the husband hears it and he says, I too. Eino yochol lahafer. He cannot absolve her of the vow. By his uh, saying, Vani, I too, he in effect is recognizing and substantiating her vow. Well, once a husband uh, upholds, substantiates a wife's vow, that's called Hakoma. Uh, he can't be made for it, he can't uh, obliterate it, he can't absolve it anymore. So, therefore, 
we see he cannot be mefer. Hareini nazir ve'at v'yomra amein. A man says he's going to be a nazir, and he says, and will you too be a nazir? He says to his wife, and she says, amein. Amein is an acceptance of the vow. Mefir es shelah v'shelah kayim. Similar to case three, we see here that the husband can undo it, and his vow remains intact. Hareini nazira ve'ata. Here the woman initiates, and she says she's going to be a nazira, and the husband is is, is asked, uh, and you too, v'yomar omein, and he says yes. He confirms it. The husband can no longer absolve the vow. The Gemara. Now before we learn the Gemara, we glance at the side. Under the Nosei, the topic heading, we read, We're going to see a Tanaic disagreement. How many people can attach to the original vowers Nazirus? This question you'll find is connected or dependent on the issue of what is considered within the time frame. Within a matter, a, a matter of time of speech. It's a somewhat uh, abstract idea, but if you react to something that someone said before you, there has to be a sense of attachment that you're not speaking in a vacuum. How do we establish your speech to be attached to that which was previously said? That depends on a time frame called Tochkede Dibor. Let's now turn to the Gemara. Yosef Reishlokish Kamei Rebuda Nesia V'Yosef V'Ko'omar Reish was seated in the presence of Rabbi Yudah Nesio, and Reish said, regarding that which the Mishnah said, Kulam Nizirim. You can see in the Mishnah, second line from the top, after you had the original fellow vow, then you had uh, one guy, a second fellow say Vani, a third guy said Vani, and the Mishnah said they're all Nizirim. So Reish says, V'hu shitfisu kulon b'soich kedei dibor. This is true if all of them uh, attached themselves within the amount of time that's called dibor. how much time is that? The amount of time it takes for one to issue a proper greeting upon meeting someone. How do you define that? enough time for a student who meets his uh, Torah teacher to say Shalom Olecha Rabbi so you have a a three word time frame let's make the assumption in this current discussion that these Bystanders, these individuals that are hearing the uh, the original vow, want to attach themselves to the original speaker. Let's again make that assumption, because as we said, the Gemara on Davchaf Aleph is going to ask, is going to investigate when one attaches himself. Does he attach himself to the original speaker or to the one immediately before him? In order to appreciate this discussion for the time being, let us make the assumption that they are interested in attaching themselves to the original speaker. So now, we look at the Toysus commentary toward the bottom, about eight lines up from the bottom. Yosef Ripshim and Lokish Kamei Rebuter Nesiyah V'Yosef V'Komar V'Ushit Bisoy Kulam B'Sok Dibor K'Nei Mefarsh V'Holech As Ligmore explains the amount of time it takes for a student to greet his teacher. Those are three words, which are Gimel Tevis. So to in our case, If it's a matter of three words is considered attached, and you have people that want to attach themselves to the first speaker, 
So that will be enough. That there will be enough time for three people to get in on the Naziris. You'll end up having a total of four Nazirim, the original speaker, and three attachments. Shekol Echod Omar Va'ani. Heim Shalosh Tevos. If you have three people saying Va'ani, you have a total of three words. Dafilu Achron Toch Dibor Mino Rishon. Even the, the, the third uh, bystander is within the time frame of speech of the first person. A fourth person cannot attach himself to the original speaker. If all he's, even if all he says is They already there was already a time lapse of dibor from the first speaker from the original vowel. Therefore, on a fourth bystander, there won't be Nazirus. Now we turn back to the Gemara. Omar Lay, Rav Yehuda Nesia, who heard uh, Reish Lokish's presentation, he says, Tuv lo shafkis revocha letamida. Literally, it would mean you have left no room for the student. Now that's just a literal translation having very little meaning. But we glance at the bottom, the Toysvis, where we left off, Omarlei, Rav, that's reviewed in Asiyah, reacted to Reish Lokish, says, Sulo Shafkis Revochel Tamida, Klomar, Talmud Shishoma Li Echod Shinoda Benozer, a student that heard someone saying, uh, I want to be a Nozer, Ubikesh Lomar Vani, and he, he wants to say, Vani means an I too, Ubatoch Kachoyve Rabbelefonov, and in the meantime, the individual who wanted to join up, well, his rab, we can call him uh, the bystander's rabbi, walks by, and out of uh, uh, the proper uh, etiquette, the student should, in, should first say these three words, greeting his rabbi. That's three words. That bystander whose rabbi just walked by will not be able to attach himself to the uh, to the uh, individual vowing to be a nazir. Why? Because the three word time frame has already uh, lapsed by his having greeted his rabbi. The It's not reasonable to think. That just because someone's rabbi is walking by, he should lose the opportunity to attach himself to someone's nazirus. Now this is reviewed in Nasiya's point of view, that a fourth person can also join up. In other words, with even though three words lapsed, that doesn't preclude a fourth one from joining up. So, in the case of the student first greeting his Rav, he will be the one to join up if, if he says Vani. And in the case of a string of bystanders, you can have four additional people attaching themselves to an original Nazir vow. And that's what we see here in the Tesis, that definitely the Ravi is also Nitfas, is also attached. He didn't delay at all after the Kedai Dibor time frame lapsed. Rather, immediately after the Kedai Dibor time frame, he said, Rabbi Dernesi is willing to concede, though, that a fifth person, that's already too much time. Uh, we see something, by the way, uh, this is we're getting off the top a little bit, but just a, a word of uh, so general living, which is certainly a, a major aspect of Torah learning. You see this in Maseches Nidorah, Maseches Nozir, the concept of precision with regard to speech. And that's meant to be a general statement. Precision has to do, as in Maseches Nidorah, you can see so many examples of precision of speech, proper choice of words, and here you see the concept of speech 
and timing. How significant time is. Halacha places a tremendous amount of emphasis on the issue of time. And when we speak of time, it can come down to something that is basically a, a fraction of a second. How long does it take? Take out a a stopwatch with uh, with hundreds of second a, 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 a digital stopwatch with the, the chance to see the ability to see hundreds of seconds and see how long the time how long it takes to say vani. And if you miss that by by one extra vani, you didn't say vani in a fourth position, but you were the fifth guy, so you don't get attached. Fourth guy gets attached, fifth guy doesn't. And you know, do you realize the world of difference between those two guys, even though they're dealing with a, a matter of, a, of a, a fraction of a second? That is a lesson in life concerning the significance of even, um, even very, very uh, um, negligible amounts of time and what effect they can have. Uh, a person who becomes a Nazir has to observe a, a minimum of 30 days of abstention from wine and abstention from deta- uh, de- defilement to the dead and haircuts and after the conclusion of which he brings sacrifices and if he becomes defiled in the interim he has another set of sacrifices a whole world that goes with the guy that, that locked in on time in the fourth position guy in the fifth position that says funny none of this applies well, that having been said, we do see a machlokes between Reish Lakish and Rebuta Nasiya concerning a fourth bystander who says Vani. And in our marked Gemara, as you can see, the thesis that we read, we highlighted the controversy with a diamond around the word Horavi. You had Reish Lakish's presentation that said Eni Yochalat Fisatzmo, and then Rebuta Nasiya's presentation that the Ravi is nitfast, is connected. We continue uh, on to Dav Chof Aleph. Let us point out ahead of time that we will be uh, continuing a good way down Dav Chof Aleph, down practically down to the end of Omid Aleph, of Chof Aleph, as we go on. Even though we're in the Dav Yomi schedule, uh, we're in the middle of a discussion and it would be to our disadvantage to stop or pause it in the middle. We continue now at the top of Davchof Aleph. Tanya Nami Hachi. Uh, Tesis explains, Pirush Kirebi Shimon ben Lokish. We have a Tanaic source supporting that which Reish Lokish taught us, that only if you speak within the time frame of Kedei Dibor will you get attached. Mi Shomareni Nozir, Vishoma Chavero, Vishoma Kedei Dibor Vamar Vani. If you have a Vower accepting Nazirus upon himself, and a bystander delaying, Shah, he waits the amount of time that we explained already, Kadei where he waits that amount of time, then after that amount of time, he says, Vani. Well, he's, it's too late. Who, Alser Vachavero Mutter? This then would demonstrate Shitas Reish Lakish. And it would also appear to be a Tanaic source contrary to Rabbi Huda position. Because according to Rabbi Huda even if there was a delay of Kedai Dibur, if you speak up immediately after Kedai Dibur, you still do get attached. And this source seems to indicate you don't get attached. Vekama Kedai Dibur, how long is that? Kedai Shela Shalom Talmud Rav, the amount of time it takes for a student to greet his rabbi. Lemo Messiah Lei. Can we suggest that our Mishnah supports Reish Lakish? Mi Shomar Hareini Nazir Vishoma Chavero Vomar Vani Vani. An original person vowed, he accepting Nazirus, and then the bystanders were there. And you have one, you have uh, one person saying Vani, a second person saying Vani, Vesulo, and and not any further than that. So the fact that the Mishnah has this very limited amount of, we'll say, attachings, uh, that shows like Reish Lakish. Now I'm sure everyone would, would ask, what do you mean, how does this show Reish Lakish? According to Reish Lakish, three people could have attached. The Mishnah only says two. 
So we take a look in the Tesis. Tesis goes on and says, It's our mission of Ekotoni Vani Vesu Lo. The Rabbi Yehuda Nesia Motzi Lemisni Vani Vani Arbepomim. According to Rabbi Yehuda you could have had four times Vani, and the Mishnah doesn't do that. So, from the fact that the Mishnah doesn't do that, that would seem to support then Reish Lokish. Well, according to Reish Lokish, how does the Mishnah support him? There, you don't see three times Vani. V'yesh Lomar. Tosus explains the Hochi Komar. The Gemara's intention is as follows: Bishlom Shimon Lokish. Things work out well according to Rabbi Shimon ben Lokish. Lo itzduri cholei lemisni ala shnei pamavani. It's really sufficient to state vani twice. La ashmina degamasheni nitfus berishon to tell us that the second vani sayer uh, gets attached to the original uh, vower. Shu tochkedei divor. The second vani is within the tochkedei divor time frame. Ve'afagav de emtsoi mafsik bediburo bein rishon lishlishi. Even though the middle one, that means the first vani sayer, he is a an interposition, a block, a break between the original speech and the and the uh, second vani sayer, the third person that's there. Uh, it nevertheless, the the uh, second vani guy gets attached. The same thing would apply to a third guy that says vani. Yatvis Berishan can attach himself to the original vow. The ancient svara lechalik sheni lishlishi. There is no reason. There is no logic to make any distinction between a second vani sayer and a third vani sayer. Both of them are within that time frame. So once you establish that a second vani sayer is able to uh, lock into the nazirus of the original speaker, there's no reason to think that the third guy would be any different. Therefore, the Mishnah's two vanis still support Reish Lakish, and there's no reason for thinking otherwise, just because the Mishnah doesn't mention a third vani. Avol the Rebunah Nesiyah, Yisah, the Ravinami Nitvis Barishon, if Rebunah Nesiyah is correct, that a fourth person can attach himself to the original vower, listening, it should have been stated, this is certainly a novel point and has to be taught. And even there, there was already the delay. There was the lapse in time of Tikkadibur. Since, according to Abudinasia, since it's adjacent to its right next to the third Vani, it's still good enough to get it in, get in under the wire, to get included in the original Nazirus. So, that should have been taught. That's a Chiddush. That's Once again, the Rebunah Nesiyah represents a big Chiddush, that even after the Tokhidei Dibor time frame, there still is a possibility of latching upon the original Nazirus. Ah, so we have our mission that would seem to be a support to Reish Lakish and a refutation of Rebunah Nesiyah. We continue in the Gemara. The Gemara says, no, this is not a definitive support to Reish Lakish. Tana ki ruchlo lech Is the Tana a spice merchant or a cosmetic merchant that has to display all his wares? That's a literal translation. But what, what this means is that it's not necessary for the mission to spell out every single vani. It said vani, vani, and it gets, it gets you into the idea of a, a chain acceptance of Nazirus. Uh, and it could, Teisra says the, 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 the Mishnah could have said four vanis, but it, it didn't bother doing that because of this idea that the Tana is not expected to display all his wares, to say every last one. The Gemara asks, "Oh, so if it's not upon the if it's not upon the Mishnah to spell out every last one, v'lisni chad v'shminin hachi, so then let the Mishnah just say one vani, and uh, we'll figure out that uh, you can you can have a few more people getting attached. If the Mishnah is not 
doesn't represent something that's precise in this context, then one vani should have sufficed. The Gemara says, Hachinami. You know, you're really correct. It would have been enough if you if the whole purpose of the Mishnah was to convey the idea that successive individuals can latch upon the original Nazirus, one Vani would have been enough to convey that point. So why did the Mishnah bother saying two Vanis? Because the Seifa had a law, a teaching with that without the additional Vani, we wouldn't be able to understand things. What does it say in the Seifa? Hutter Harishon, if the first, if the original vower uh, had a uh, absolution of his Nazirus, Hutru Kulan, then all of them, all that followed, will be released as well. Hutter Ho'acharon, Ho'acharon Muter V'Kulan Asurin. If the last one had his Nazirus absolved, he alone is absolved, and the rest, those that were before him, remain bound. So from the fact that the Mishnah speaks in these terms about a first one, and a last one, and the results of their respective absolution, the Gemara continues, It must be that there's a middle guy also. So that we, the Mishnah can speak about an original vow being rescinded, then all that follow, the next guy and the guy after. So how, what do you see? When we say the next guy, he's the middle guy, and the guy after is the last guy. So in order to explain the Mishnah, this, in order for the Seifa to, to make sense, uh, making this, uh, this assumption, or actually this answer, that there must be a middle guy, so Mishimhachi Kotoni Vani Vani, that's why the Reisha said in addition to the original speaker that there were two more people there so that we can so that we can focus on a on a middle guy we create a middle guy the first va'ani sayer is the middle guy and the halacha lemaiser the nafkamina that the mishnah teaches in the sefer is now clearly understood at this point the gemara raises the question that we introduced earlier, and on the side of the say a topic heading, Echot Shinozar, person accepted a Nazirus vow, Vachirim Omru Vani, and there were those standing by that said, Vani, Hayim Kol Echot Matbis Bechaveru Shekodam Lo, O Matbis Barishon. By saying Vani, what is their intention? Is their intention to attach themselves to the original speaker, or to the individual immediately before them? The Gemara. Now, note that the uh, opening question is a long question. Is it such that each successive individual is attaching himself to the immediate previous individual? Or do we say that all those standing there that are saying Vani are attaching themselves to the original vower? Lamai nafgamina. What practical difference does this analysis present? Can the the chain continue? Can they keep going on and on? If you say that everyone that's saying vani has in mind to attach himself to the immediate preceding individual, so that for any succeeding individual. We'll say the source for his vow is the immediate preceding individual. Hence, the successive one is attaching himself to the one that immediately preceded. If that is the analysis, that if that's chad bechavrei matfis, then matfisin the azlin loilam. The chain can continue ad infinitum. The iamris bekama matfisi. If you say that attachment by subsequent speakers is strictly to the original vower, then then any more than the amount of time of you cannot have attachment my so what is the halacha uh, as uh, we pointed out earlier up till the, this point where the Gemara is asking the question it would, it would have seemed that the subsequent vowers are attaching themselves to the original vower. But here we have to wipe the slate clean and 
embark on an analysis without any preconceived ideas. So, Toshma, we have a marking scheme. You'll notice on the side under the Mivneh heading, triangles appear in two directions. And we highlight the word Toshma. These are Hechachos Lishnei These are attempts to prove uh, one or the other of the suggestions. With the triangle point facing up, Bekama means we're going to prove at that point, try to prove that it's a hatfos an attachment to the original speaker. The inverted triangle represents the attempt on the part of the Gemara to demonstrate that one is attaching himself not to the original vower, but to the immediate preceding individual. Now the Gemara. Toshma hareni nozir vishoma chavero v'yomar v'ani v'ani midi. The Mishnah spoke about an original vower and a first person, a, a first bystander said Vani, and a second bystander said Vani, and that's it. The Mishnah doesn't go on with additional uh, people. Shmamina, from the fact that there, there seems to be a limited amount of people that can attach themselves, the Mishnah features only two, so it indicates thus Bekamahu the Mitvasi. It must be that each subsequent speaker or uh, sayer of Vani is attaching himself to the original speaker. If you were to think that one is attaching himself simply to the immediate preceding individual, listening to Vani, then the Mishnah shouldn't have been so uh, frugal with its Vanis and, and taught many Vanis. The Gemara rejects this proof. Is it the job of a Tana to be like a spice merchant demonstrating, presenting, displaying all his wares? No, he, the Mishnah, in fact, could very well have been understood as many, many bystanders were there, each one saying Vani, and they all would have been locked into the Nazirus, even though a lot of time lapsed since the original speaker spoke, because each subsequent speaker is attaching himself to the immediate preceding one and not the original one. The Gemara asks, well, if you're going to tell me the Tana is not expected to display all his wares and spell out many, many Vanis, for listening, so why doesn't it just state one Vani? And I can figure out uh, all the rest. So that if you want to say that in fact, each one does attach himself to the previous person. State one vani, and that will f- teach me about all others that follow. So, why didn't the Mishnah use just one vani? The Gemara says, "Vaidi the Kotani." We saw this before. Since the Sefa said, "Hutru Harishon, Hutru Kulon, Hutru Achron, Achron Muter Vekulon Asurin," from the fact that the Mishnah spoke about vow absolution on the part of the first person, or vow session a part of the last one. Michlal, the Ikoem Tsoi, that implies that there's a middle individual. Mishum Katoni, Vani, Vani. Therefore, it was important for the Mishnah to, to set up a case of three Nazirim, an original vower, and two more people, each one saying Vani, so I can speak about the absolution of the first one's vow, and the contrasting case of the absolution of the last one's vow and what effect that has on the others. So I need to have uh, two vanis to establish three people so I can have a middle individual to point to to show the nafkamina between uh, being matir the first one's vow and being matir the last one's vow. Toshma, Hutur Horishon Hutru Kulan. If the first one's vow is absolved, then all of the other's vows are absolved. Rishon hu deshoru ha emtsoi lo. If it's the first one that has his vow absolved, so then it has the effect of releasing everyone else. But if it's the middle one, then no. Shma mina. This shows us that the subsequent vowers are attaching themselves to the original vow.
So what have we inferred from this? That if the first one absolves his vow, then all those that come after him, that had latched into him, are also released, like a, a domino situation. But that's only in the case that the first one absolved uh, was Shoyol on his nether, released his nazirus. Then all that came after him are released. However, let us say that a middle guy released his own vow. It doesn't say that those after him get released, those that followed from him get released. So the conclusion, therefore, at this point is that it must be that all of the people there were attaching themselves to the original vower. And therefore, if the middle guy is matir, uh, his neder is absolves his vow, it has no effect on those that came after him because those that came after him were not attaching themselves to the previous one; they were attaching themselves to the original fellow. The Gemara rejects this. Aimoloch, I will tell you that liolum chad matfis, that really one person. Uh, is is attaching himself to the immediate previous individual, and you'll ask then why does the Mishnah then feature the case of Hutur Harishon, and it doesn't speak about a Hutur Emtsoi? The Aidi the boy Misna Hutur Hutru Kulon. Let's just skip the bracketed section for a second. Mishumhochi Kotoni Rishon. The Mishnah had an agenda. It wanted to feature a case where everyone would be released. How do you create a situation where everyone there is released? That's only in a case where the first one absolves his vow. Has his vow absolved. Uh, let's now go over the Gemara again with the bracketed section. The Aidi Deboi Misna Hutru Kulon. Now the brackets. If the Mishnah had spoken about the middle one having his vow released, Truth is, is that all those that followed after him would also be released. However, Ika Rishon Delovishtri, the previous one, the first one, in the case of the middle guy absolving himself, the, those, those that preceded him would not be released. And therefore, I wouldn't be able to teach Hutru Kulan. And the Mishnah wants to teach Hutru Kulan. Mishum Hachi Kotani, Rishon. Therefore, the Mishnah used that example. But that example of Hutu Rishon is not exclusionary of a case of Hutu Hemtsoi and having those that followed him also get released. So, at this point, even though we try to conclude that Bekama Matfasin, at this point, not necessarily. Toshma. Note, we have an inverted triangle. So here, we're going to try to show, really, Chad B'chavrei Matfis. Toshma, Chuter Ho'achron. The Mishnah spoke about if the last person had his vow absolved, so Ho'achron, Muter V'kulon Asurin. He alone is released, but anyone that had vowed prior to him is still bound to the Nazirus. And we infer, Achron Hu Delo Iko Achrino Basrei. We say that Kulan Asurin is because, well, the guy that absolved himself happened to be the last guy. There's no one after him. Avol Emtsoi, the Iko Achrino Basrei, the middle guy who has people that followed him, that come after him, mystery. Then they. All those that follow the middle guy would be released. In the case of the Emtsoi, where there are others after him, the Mishnah wouldn't have been able to say what it said in the case of Hutter Achron. It would not have been able to say Hutter Hu V'Kulan Asurin. Why? Because in a case of the Emtsoi having the vow released, not only does he get released, but those that follow him also get released. So what do we what do we see from this inference? Shma mino chad It shows us that each subsequent person is attaching himself to the previous individual, not the very first guy. The Gemara says matfisin. I will tell you that as far as the mission is concerned, really they're all attaching themselves to the original vower. 
Umay Acharon de Kotani, the uh, Mishnah that used the word Acharon, who is that a reference to? Emtsoi. It's a reference to the middle guy. Now, let's just go back to the, um, to the quote, the last Tanaic quote. It said, Hutur Acharon. And, and we're understanding that mean the middle guy. And it says, He alone is mutter, but all the others, even those that come after him, are still bound. Why are they still bound? Because of what we're suggesting now. Because those that came after him didn't, want, didn't attach themselves to the middle guy, or to the one immediately before. Rather, they were attaching themselves to the original vower. And he didn't have his vow absolved. So you might ask then, if the word achron is a reference to emtsoi, why does it not use the word emtsoi? The aidi the tono rishon tono achron. And since the tano used initially the word rishon, you can see we have an arrow, and you can align it with the arrow above where you saw that that term appear, and it actually appeared a, a, a higher up on the page also. Since the tano used the word rishon tono achron, in contrast, it's a stylistic consideration. In contrast, to use the word achron, but it's not to be understood as referring specifically to the very last person. Even in the case of a middle person having his vow absolved, he alone would be absolved, and those that came after would not, because they were attaching themselves to the very first guy. Toshma. Once again, an inverted triangle indicating that we want to try to prove chad b'chavrei that each person attached himself to the immediate preceding one and not the original vower. So Toshma the Sanya We have a source that is uh, explicit. Huter harishon hutru kulan. If the first vower's vow is released, all that follow are released. Huter ha'achron ha'achron muter v'kulan asurin. If the last guy, and here we're saying literally the last guy, because in the next phrase, you'll see we have a middle guy. So here, this phrase speaks about the Huter Ho'achron, the last guy has his vow absolved, then Ho'achron Muter V'kulun Asun. He alone is released, but all the others are forbidden. Huter and Soi, and here is where we get particularly interested. If, they, if a middle guy has his vow absolved, from from him onwards, downwards, they are absolved because of the domino idea. If middle guy absolves himself, the guy that vowed immediately after him was hooking into him. So his vow falls away and the guy after that was linking himself to the guy immediately before whose vow just got absolved and down the line. So that's from the Emtsoi onwards, are they're released. And Hemenu Lamala, but all those that preceded the Emtsoi, preceded the middle guy, also, they remain bound. So, Shema Minof, from this configuration, we see Chad B'chavrei Matfis. Each person saying Vani is linking himself into the immediate preceding individual. Shema Minof. So, this is conclusive. With that, we conclude our shiur for today.